Hey everyone, welcome to Perpetually Dissatisfied, the podcast where we talk about things that upset us, especially during this quarantine with COVID-19. I do have an amazing person with me today, um, virtually of course, because we're social distancing. Um, And my guest today is Sabina. (laughs) I'm going to have her introduce herself. This isn't going to get off at all. I'm Sabina. I'm Adam's friend. We've been friends since college. And I recently graduated from a master's in social work program in Chicago. And currently quarantined for the seventh week in a row. And that's, that's all I have for you. Has it been seven weeks? I think it's about to be, be the seventh week. Oh, it feels like it's been forever. Like I mean, I don't know what the concept of time is anymore, but sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, so we have this amazing podcast planned for people who are still at home and who will be remaining home for the remainder of the month. Um, and we are going to be talking about quarantine movies, shows, documentaries, whatever it be that Sabina has in mind, because she loves watching everything. (laughs) (laughs) Truly everything. I will give everything a try. I will not watch everything through. And I've learned that is very important to strategy during quarantine because you feel like you have all this time. You can watch everything you want, but there's a lot out there, a lot more. I mean, I'm not getting bored anytime soon. I'm really not. So if I feel like I don't want to watch the rest of this, whatever new Netflix show, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna waste my time. Maybe I'll come back to it, but you kind of have to be, a little choosy. You can't just go with everything. You know, you have to develop your taste. And so it's interesting that you say that. So for me, during this quarantine, I've been trying to like watch shows and stuff like that. And the one thing that I did to myself was I started a like a show with like seven seasons and Mm -hmm. it's once upon a time. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, at first I was like, this is kind of interesting. And like, of course it has its highs and lows. It it has kind of like the same um gotcha moments like desperate housewives did um i love desperate housewives i wish they never ended. but that that was one show that i was watching that was like getting kind of bored and so i stopped for a second jumped into that 70s show have been watching that and going back and forth and just like if i'm bored of those two i can just go to another one so it's it's one of those things that it's hard to maintain my um attention span Yes, I think there's almost like this pseudo ADHD like symptom of this time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I get that a lot. I tend to flip flop between what I'm watching as well. I I have to get organized. Like, I have to make a list sometimes to remind myself what I'm watching or keep a certain browser open. And I'm also both doing movies and TV. So, yeah, I feel you like want to pause in one spot, get to another. So I try to not binge more than two shows at the same time. That's like what I've limited myself to, which is what I'm doing right now. But like every now and then, like I'll have something new, like a new Apple Plus show or the new Netflix show or the new thing on Amazon Prime. And then it's like, oh, but I really want to try that. So it's, it's challenging. The other day, yesterday was Friday. Yeah, yesterday I watched four different television shows, not like all the way through, mm-hmm. but like four different ones. And by the end of it, I was like, I mean... How much did I, what did I watch? It was so much content. And for movies, I have, like, I've been on this kick 
since seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last year. It was one of my favorite movies of the year. And since then, it's set in like 1969 in the Hollywood industry at this like turning point of the golden age of movies. And it got me into wanting to watch a lot of old movies, movies from like the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And so I've been watching a lot of classic like Hollywood genre movies. And that's been also like on my list. I have like this whole favorite section of like all the movies I have to see and want to watch. So every couple of days I'm you know, I'm watching something new. And it's hard because truly the list is endless. Every time I watch one, I have like a recommendation for three more and it never ends. But it's like, it's exciting because it's super, like it's totally what my hobby is and I never get tired of it. So it's fun. I feel that. I mean, I think like one thing that we're noticing is that there's so much that Netflix is putting out at this time that I'm kind of really happy about. Like, they just came out with that new documentary, A Secret Love, um, and that was, like, very touching. Um, Of course, they came out with Extraction, and, you know, that's the... Was it Chris Hemsworth? Is that... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Yes. He did a a phenomenal job. Um, And so I've been trying to, like, you know, broaden my horizons a little bit here and there. Uh, But before we go into, like, recommendations, I know that you had a, like quick icebreaker game um yeah yeah so we could do this however you want we could we could do this share the screen function just for our own like fidelity but we don't have to because this is obviously just a podcast but basically the idea is we'd go onto our personal netflix accounts we would do two things we would first read off some of the things we have on our list the my list function and then we would also look at like continue watching and see what we've been up to and we could also discuss like what the algorithm kind of recommends for each of us and why how our tastes kind of differ and our so do you want to go first yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go on my netflix account right now yeah i don't think this has a share screen function but uh let's see i could read it off (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. the viewers or the the listeners (laughs) yeah (laughs) um all right let's see what we got here oh it's taking like five years hold on I take a moment. Maybe I might just use the the one on my TV. That works. All right, let's uh, let's get this bad boy started. I feel like so it, we're going to be reading off the list, right? Mm-hmm. Or look whatever you want to share. You know, you don't have to. I have like. Probably 20 things on my list. I don't necessarily say all of them, but I'll say like the notable ones and like what I'm in the midst of watching or what the what it's recommended for me to watch. All right, always interesting. So I have the the uh, self-made Madam C.J. Walker show on there that I haven't watched yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Coffee and Kareem on my list. Uh-huh. Um. I still have yet to see Ozark, so that's been on my list. Oh, okay, we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, let's see. I have Kim's Convenience. I need to start that new season. Uh, let's see. I also would love to start the Freud um, series on there, too, that I have on my list. There's so much on my list that like I'm like embarrassed of some of the stuff I have on here. 
Like, Any movies? Um, let's see. So, Perks of Being a Wallflower, even though I've seen that a long time ago, I fell in love with that book, so that yeah, I just... watchable. Yeah, and so that's been posted on there. Um, as for movies, um, I have Code 8 that I've put up that I really want to see. Um, have you heard of that one yet? Mm-mm. So, it's basically in this, like, world where superpowers are banned, um... And so this guy, like, reveals his true nature, I guess, to save his mom with the use of superpowers, I'm assuming. I don't know. I haven't watched it. So, um, yeah. So there's that. Um, Mr. Wright is on my queue. And uh, I think I have a lot more shows on my stuff than movies because it's so tough. To find something. I also have uh, Outbreak on my uh, queue that I want to watch. Oh, yeah. I saw, I was watching, I think, the first two episodes, and I felt like it just got a little too real. Mm-hmm. If you've seen the, have you seen the movie Contagion at all? Yes, I have a whole conversation about Contagion, but you go first. Yeah, okay. So I absolutely loved that movie. Um, I saw it literally the week we went into shutdown. So, and then I showed my sister and she's like, oh my God. And granted coronavirus isn't like at that level, but I was just like, this is really telling that like, we just don't have the proper precautions to prevent a, uh, pandemic. And so, I mean, I thought it was great acting. I think like. I, I don't know. It, it kind of gives, like, that movie was made, what, like, in the, in, like, 2010 or something? Yes, like, 2009-ish, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you would think that, like, during that time, like, the cinematics would be kind of, like, lame, but <laughs> no, they did a pretty good job. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's tons in the early 2000s that were just, like, yikes, like, what was your budget, guys? But this one, this was really good, I think, in, in my opinion, and that I was just, like, Wow. Okay. Like, who yeah. would, who would have thought that that would be something that like we would see? But I did some research on that movie, and the director ended up um, like hiring like uh, a consultancy of like pandemic specialists, and okay. so that's how he was able to kind of like make that come to life. Which I was like, oh shit! Like, this is how it works, actually. Yes. The thing about this movie, which I love, is so. I remember when everything hit, basically early, mid-March in mm-hmm. Chicago, um, there were like two classes of people. There are the people who are like, I don't want to watch anything that's disaster-oriented, nothing about pandemics, nothing about the apocalypse. And then the other class of people who are like, no, give me this all right now. I fully am in the second camp. I would like to watch everything <laughs> that's based in an apocalypse, the end of the world, um, nuclear disaster natural disaster whatever it is and of course i went to contagion because it's one of my all-time favorite movies steven mm-hmm. soderbergh is a director yes i'm a massive fan of his all of his work and i mean this cast is you know matt damon kate winslet jude law Lawrence fishman it's a fantastic cast it's such a big um, cast yeah but the cool thing about this so a couple when this movie when everything hit with the pandemic a lot of people were tweeting about contagion and how they're watching it and how it parallels 
a lot of the experiences we're having, not all of them, of course, not to the extreme level. But the funny thing is, so I'm sure you've heard about how a lot of productions at the moment are basically on hold, on yes. hiatus, because obviously Hollywood can't really get to work right now. The person they put in charge of a director's guild in Hollywood to decide when directors can go back to production and film and television is Steven Soderbergh, the director of Contagion. And I thought to myself, there is no one more perfect. perfect Not just yeah. because he has years of like uh, learning about pandemics as he did for the research of this movie, but anyone who knows that his work knows that he's a scrupulous, meticulous director who fully is completely in the thick of it when he's making his movies. He's definitely a consultant on the writing, he produces, he's a cinematographer, everything. And so if he is the perfect person to decide. And for me, who really holds value to movies and TV, I'm waiting to watch all my movies that are the movies that are in production that are on hold. So I'm really holding it up for Steven Soderbergh to um, hopefully help with things getting back to normal at some point, whenever that is, whether it's in a couple of months or 18 months or whatever they're predicting. But he is the perfect person. Yeah. I mean, I find that so funny that, like, basically life imitates art. He's made some, like, really on-point movies. Granted, yes. some of them have been awkward, I would say. Like, they're endings. Like, but he always picks, like, such a great cast. I'm trying to remember this movie that I saw. I think there was, like, Meryl Streep was in it. Um, mm, and, oh, maybe it was the Panama Paper movie? Yes. The yeah. Laundromat with... Yes. Uh, yeah, Antonio Banderas, Gary yes. Oldman. And, and I was like, I was like, this is not like... I was just very confused during it, but it made, like, it clearly made sense. But I was like, this is a weird freaking movie. And then at the That's very... kind of his thing. He's very, like, a tour, and he's very experimental, especially in the right. later stages of his career. And I do think that he did such an amazing job picking Meryl Streep because she just does the job i'm a yeah. huge fan of her <laughs> like yeah, yeah. i will watch Meryl. any movie i haven't watched sophie's choice but i will watch any movie that she's in i saw sophie's choice recently but the movie that for me that i love the most of hers i've like come to love it well actually there's a couple truly the one that i think of first is kramer versus kramer which i saw that a couple of months ago probably mm. like last maybe actually in december or january with dustin hoffman and that movie is Great. And then I also really love It's Complicated with mm. Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin, where she's like playing the mom and like, oh my God, it's, it's so funny. It's one of my all time. It's a comfort food movie. If you're yeah. looking for a comfort food movie at this time by a great director, Nancy Myers, you watch It's Complicated. It will make you so happy. I have to see that. I, I will say the most iconic thing that I felt that she's been in is clearly The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Miranda Priestly, of course. Yeah. I, my mom is like, a huge fan and so i remember as a kid like she was like please go with the, to me with this movie and i was like but it seems weird and she's like but please so i went with her she fucking loves that movie um, it's so rewatchable too i feel like i watch that maybe once every year and it does not get old it's still so sharp and so funny and for me emily was the best character yeah. in that movie played by emily blunt and i think i still think about her scenes in that movie or like stanley too she's all the time he the is amazing guy. too oh i love him yes I love, I love tucci he's the best oh and mm. then julia and julia where he goes back with meryl oh my god such, I saw that one recently. I was having an Amy Adams moment, and oh my gosh, oh yeah, Meryl makes good movies. I don't, I don't think anyone would be, you know, surprised to hear that Meryl Streep makes good movies. Yeah, she's yeah. iconic 
for sure. So how about you? What is on your uh, Netflix uh, list? Okay, so on my list, so I'll have like a mix of things I'm currently watching, mm-hmm. things that I'm re-watching, and things that I have not seen before. So in terms of things I have not seen, I have like Howard's End, which is a Merchant Ivory movie with, um, let's see, like Emma Thompson is in it. I have Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. I have... A De Palma, Brian De Palma documentary, um, was a brilliant director, a Joan Didion documentary, um, and I have a couple like foreign movies like Happy as Lazaro and Sunday's Illness, which is a movie from Spain. But um, oh I also have Sandstorm, which I think is an Arabic movie. And then in terms of things I am currently watching, I'm watching the new season of Fauda, which I haven't really had the easiest time getting into. They're sort of like kind of doing something new or it's have it's it's like a standalone season Mm -hmm. where you haven't had to have seen the first two to understand so it's a little bit hard to get into it i'm kind of going back and forth with it i'm also currently um watching better call saul which is new for me it's like known to be one of the greatest american television shows i kind of slept on it for a long time i watched breaking bad recently wasn't the biggest fan for whatever reason even though it's so up my alley and then now i'm watching better call saul and i fully adore it and i think it's great i'm not sure why it's so engaging for me but it, it, i believe the hype now it, yeah. it factors it it is good i would say so with breaking bad i actually really liked breaking bad i haven't started better call saul there's just so many shows that i was like i'm gonna get to it and never do um yes. but breaking bad is like up and down it's kind of like the walking dead where it's up and down, like, I just think that they don't have the best writers or they just focus more on, like, minute details that lead up to mm-hmm. the big thing. But there's definitely some, like, great moments in um, Breaking Bad. I think they were, like, talking about, like, bringing that show back, which I hope they don't because it just ended very poorly. And I'm like... Well, they did the movie for Netflix. Yeah, yeah So I did. feel like it's... And I feel like I think Brian Cranston's character dies. I don't... I, Like I want to rewatch Shit's Creek because they finished their last season recently, yes. and I'm a major fan. I need I to finish that show too. Way before it was on Netflix, like when it was just airing in Canada, I was very because Eugene Levy is like an OG for me. He like represents my entire childhood, um, so I feel like I owed it to him to watch it, and I loved it, and I want to watch it again. And then I'm also going to rewatch um, maybe like Russian Doll with Natasha Leo yes. and some of the Marvel shows before they moved to Disney Plus because I kind of love those Marvel shows. But yeah, Russian Doll is... It's I've already seen it, so obviously. Good. It's so up my alley, but I kind of want to rewatch it. It was really... Yeah, I really loved it. I was just like... I thought it was going to be stupid and then I started watching it and I'm like, huh. Like, this is actually very good and like Natasha, she's she played in like But I'm a Cheerleader and that's just yes. like a classic... Like film that I will never forget my entire life. Like, I just remember it being ridiculous. Like RuPaul is in it. Like so many actors of that era are in it, and it was weird because she like was in that movie and then she kind of disappeared for a little bit and then came back, and then yeah. of course she did Orange Is the New Black and and you know whatnot. I started watching Orange Is the New Black only because of Russian Doll because I fell in love with Natasha Leone and I started watching all of her older movies and television shows and Orange Is the New Black was definitely a big deal. Like I, I think I consumed 
seven seasons of that show in literally a week and a half. And um, yeah, I fully, fully adored it. Um, I also wanted to mention, so I was watching also a couple of other shows that I finished up in during the quarantine so far. I watched Sons of Anarchy, seven seasons of it. I saw uh, set, no, eight seasons of Homeland. And then I also watched Billions, which is coming back this weekend, actually, for their newest season. But I feel like I have, like, a list of all the things I've watched and finished, and mm-hmm. it's growing exponentially. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Have you seen Hunters yet? Yeah, I saw that right when it came out. I feel like the Amazon Prime shows, because they release all their episodes at once on, like, like Apple+, Plus, it's really easy just to kind of get into a flow. I watched all of Hunters. I did not enjoy it. I felt a due diligence because I'm Jewish. And because I love, like you, we love anything that's Holocaust-related. Yeah, which is so <laughs> weird to say. Or yeah. Nazi-related. And then I, yeah, and then just to kind of make myself feel better after Hunters, I just rewatched Inglorious Bastards and was like, okay, everything's fun with the world again. Yeah, yeah. That's a perfect movie. But um, yeah, Hunters was, it was all right. It went into so many far-fetched directions. I really like the cast. Al Pacino is very good in it. He has a very interesting role, but um, yeah, it was okay. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet because I'm like... I'm just waiting to finish off some of these other shows, but I do want to watch it. I want to watch that one. Definitely Miss America on Hulu. Yes, that's um, pretty good. I like it so far. Yeah, I haven't started it. Um, I want to watch. I want to. I think I only watched two episodes of The Plot Against America. Um, um, my mom loved that show, and she doesn't watch any TV. So I'm saying, if she's watching television, it's it so- is. <laughs> it's very good. I mean, I, I got into episode two, and I was like, oh god, like. It kind of, like, scared me for a second, and I was just, like, like frightened. And then I was like, wait, this isn't real. Like, stop. Because, like, you, you know the, the show The Man in the High Castle? Yes, my dad watches that one. I So I watched <laughs> a little bit of it when it first, like, when it was on Amazon, and I was just like, I I don't know why I couldn't get into it. it like, it just felt very dry. Remind um, me what it's about. So essentially it's an alternative world where, like, the Axis power wins, and um, so, you know, everyone's basically, it's like a Nazi state. And so it's, it's very interesting in that regard, especially when it's like coming to like a story kind of situation. But, and I know there's a book about it, but I was just like not able to get into it at the time. So my hopes is I can revisit it again and like kind of finish it because I do think it is a very powerful um, show in my opinion. It's very plot against America. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the Man in the High Castle, but I have seen plot against America, and yeah, that's um, that sounds like it's in the same vein for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so, what would you say is like your top five movies that you would recommend people during the quarantine to watch? Oh man, okay, top five. So it's not just top five movies that I love through and through. It can be just it's specific for the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to pull up my letterbox. Do you know what a letterbox is, Adam? Do I? Do you know what a, do you know what a letterboxed account is? No, what is that? So letterbox is a great website where um, <laughs> I thought I thought like I'm sponsoring your podcast. With it. Um, <laughs> it's basically a way. It's like a social community where you can, or a social um, platform where you can post about and review movies and some shows that you've watched. It has like a mini series on there too, but it's mostly um, for movies. And so you like set up an account and you can list all the movies you've watched. You can have reviews and you can talk to people about them and things like that. So I just want to pull up and see what my like four and five star 
um, movies are for me. I'm just checking you a sec. Yeah, go right ahead. Because I have some that are like coming to my mind right now, but if I start rambling about them, this podcast <laughs> will be five hours long. So, in the effort to organize myself, I just want to see if I can pull up the ones. Okay, so maybe I'll pull up some that I think are like comfort food, classic comfort food, maybe some newly released movies Mm -hmm. that I know are available from streaming, and um, just some that I think are particularly good at this time right now. Hold on, let me just organize so I can see. Hmm. Because I don't want to go by recency bias and just list the movies I recently watched. I want to see the ones that I like rated the most and are like tried and true for me. Do 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 do. Okay, so first thing I want to recommend that people should watch is actually a comedy special. Okay. I believe it's on Netflix. It should be. But do you know who John Mulaney is? Yes. So John Mulaney, the comedian, is iconic. I think I connected with him first because of SNL. Um, he was a writer on SNL for four years when, like, the OG, well, not the OG OG, but, like, one of the best casts was on, and, like, Seth Meyers was head writer, and you had Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader and, like, all the people that a lot of SNL fans love. Mm -hmm. He was a writer during that time. He was one of the creators of Stefan, which is one of my favorite SNL characters ever. And um, so he's also a stand-up, stand-up comedian, and he has a lot of different specials on Netflix. My favorite one, he recently had a new special out, which is like a comedy kids special called The Sack Lunch Bunch, which was great. Yes, I heard of it. I'm actually recommending, I mean, I love that too. I could really list all of John Mulaney's specials as movies, but Kid Gorgeous is, I think, his most recent like stand-up comedy solo special. Mm -hmm. That is a great one. It's just good comfort food. His comedy is so fun. He... He was like, I think he was raised in Chicago, somewhere in Evanston, and he talks a lot about, like, he doesn't talk about that in, the, in his comedy, but he talks about a lot in interviews, and so I just find him as a Chicagoan really relatable. Um, so that's definitely one of my recommendations. It's funny. I don't know. His comedy isn't like, it's not like super, super clean, but it's not like you're watching, you know, Amy Schumer or I don't know somebody who's a, a little bit more dirty he's he's a lot more I don't know mm-hmm. even killed is I guess the way I put it and because his comedy is so fun and so unique it mm-hmm. definitely gives a good experience especially at a time right now okay that's one let me think of another one that I would say is great for right now um okay Adam how are you feeling about um different movie or book to movie adaptations I mean, so I, that's actually funny that you bring that up because I taught a unit on that before the quarantine um, started. Um, okay. So my kids were learning, like it was called from screen or from story to screen. And so Ooh, how yes. that shifts. And so we read The Giver um, and then we watched the movie. And clearly, like I personally felt that the movie was better, but lacked um, more details that say that the book had and so like I had kids do that and then they did their own projects anyways um I do like those but sometimes I get frustrated because the missing parts that are like that make the story really good um tend to like dissipate from movies not always but like you think about like the Harry Potter movies you know what I mean like the books were way fucking better (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm really partial to the Harry Potter movies. I find that those adaptations were really 
succinct and really like well matched with the books but I think also because I was so young when I watched those movies I don't think I was expecting a whole lot like I wasn't like a really well-versed movie fan at that time I was like just a kid reading books and watching movies so what did I know in terms of taste (laughs) but I am kind of actually itching to go back now in time or to actually go back and rewatch all the movies I watched as a kid and see how they hold up now that I'm an adult yeah and I wanted to do the Harry Potter movies for sure I definitely Um, watched like the first uh, movie and the second one. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like now I remember why I love this. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. And if you're like part of a particular generation, like a particular like part of the millennial generation, it'll hit you a little bit differently with Harry Potter movies. Oh, yeah. They are so tied to our upbringing. Um, so I was going to talk about a Jane Austen adaptation. Okay. Have you read Jane Austen? Uh, aside from Pride and Prejudice, no. <laughs> So this is a movie that came out, I think this is one of the very first movies that was released during the coronavirus like ban in movie theaters. It was released through streaming, it's called Emma. And I saw this movie four times in one week just because it was so comforting. Mm-hmm. I am very partial to book to movie adaptations. This particular story, the story of Emma has been adapted many times. There's a movie with Gwyneth Paltrow from the 90s. There's a television series from like the UK that was produced in the 2000s. So it's been adapted many, many times. So I think there was a lot of risk because this would not be a fresh take, but it's a really wonderful movie. It stars a lot of really wonderful young British actors. And it's just the best thing about this movie is that it obviously takes place at a time far before now, and it fully allows you to escape. It's a very sweet story. It's very whimsical. It's very lovely. And it's great escapism for right now. Yeah. And it's also based on a book. So if you have access to the book, it's kind of a fun experience, like you said, to see how the book compares to a movie. And I think that just makes it for a much more enjoyable viewing experience. So we've got, so then the John Mulaney one is the first one. Emma is my second recommendation for right now. Let me think of a third. Okay, the third is going to be a horror movie. Okay. Now, I, I, you know I love horror movies. Oh, same, actually, yeah. I want to have like a whole conversation about Ready or Not, if you've seen that yet. I haven't, no. Okay, you have to see that once you do, we'll discuss. But have you seen the classic Nicole Kidman movie, The Others? Oh, yeah, yeah, the like That's like old school, yeah? Yes. So that yeah. came out, I think, 2002, 2003. Um, so it's right now, it's on HBO Go. So if you have access to... So again, Emma's on streaming, Kid Gorgeous by John Mulaney is on Netflix, and The Others is on HBO Go. So if you have access to that, you can watch it. But um, it's... I mean, I can't really talk about it because I give too much away, but it's like 2003. It's a very spooky, gothic tale. I think it's set during, like, World War one, one. yeah say. world war one and it's this woman who's living in this house with her kids and a lot of spooky shit takes place i don't know i can't really say much more than that it's, but it's so weird movie. the ending yeah. pissed me off but... the ending yeah the ending is i guess you could say it's polarizing i think it's wonderful i've seen this movie i mean it's probably one of the first breakers in my horror movie like taste it's I saw The Ring for mm. the first time. Like, when I was really, really little, that was the first horror movie I saw. It broke me. It damaged my brain. It's such a scary movie. And then I think I shifted to like more psychological thrillers, like The Others, which is not very gory at all, mm-hmm. but it's very psychologically perverse. And so that's a movie that I, I loved. Um, and the thing about right now at this time, like you want something that can kind of hold you at the edge of your seat. And mm-hmm. The Others built suspense and tension so well, yeah. which is why I highly, highly recommend The Others. Again, NHBO. Okay, so that's three. 
I have another horror movie recommendation now that I'm thinking about it, but I'm thinking maybe I'll do... Hmm. Okay, what are your thoughts? Do you know who the director David Fincher is? I don't know who that is. Okay, have you heard of Fight Club? Yes. Social Network? Yes. Zodiac? Yes. All so very all good. Movies yeah, they're all... directed by David Fincher. Yeah. Also, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Gone Girl. Um, so this is a director who is, like, in my opinion, prolific. He's made some of the best movies, the best directors, I mean, the best actors over the years. His first one was a sequel to the Alien movies, and so I would recommend his entire filmography. He's very big on talking or discussing perverse people who mm. have done some really terrible things and also mark zuckerberg so how you so basically the same that, yeah it's great. um <laughs> but um his movies are great i would really recommend all of them but his movies are also slow burns yes they take time but because he knows how to make a, a compelling he, he brings together compelling cast but he also knows how to hire the right screenwriters to make a compelling story and he puts it all together as a director i'd say all of his movies to me are basically five stars four or five stars out of five um and i would recommend zodiac it's a really great um slow burn basically about the zodiac killer yeah. and it has a really great cast jake gyllenhaal mark ruffalo um robert Downey jr got, like basically all the marvel people in a movie they yeah. before the marvel movies took off um, and it's, it's a really great movie. And if you're a fan of like Mindhunter or True Detective or any type of show centered around detectives and solving crime, all those classic good shows, I'd say Zodiac is a great place to start and it will like, it will lead you to other things that will help you get through your routine. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would say if anyone does plan on watching Mindhunter, like, I don't I love, love that show. Not because Jonathan Groff is in there. Um, yes, because Jonathan Groff is. I mean, there. yes. yes I mean, he's <laughs> he's a fucking phenomenal <laughs> actor. If you haven't seen the show, looking, have you? I've seen bits of it. I know he's great. Yeah. So I mean that that was my show when I was like younger. Then they canceled it, and I was just so upset. But he did a phenomenal job there, and in you know in that um, show, and so I'm just like. Like mine, I wish they would just come out with more Mindhunter because what we waited two years for a second well, season. Okay, you know who Mindhunter is directed by, right? David Fincher. Ah, well there you that's, go. That's the whole. That's the whole thing. He he is the brain. Him and actually Charlie Theron, they're like the brains mm-hmm. of that show. They produced it together, directed it. They've already announced that it's canceled. I think at the moment because Fincher is working on some other projects for Netflix, and so at the moment it's on like hiatus. It's not officially officially canceled. But I agree. I think it's a tremendous show. And maybe it'll get picked up by another, like, network or another streaming service. But I agree. That's so um, Okay, so that's sad. four. Let me think of one more. What's a good fifth movie? Oh, okay. Booksmart. Booksmart is great. Have you seen it? No, what's that? It came out last year. So Olivia Wilde directed it. It's basically, like, if it's, it's a teen high school-based comedy starring mm-hmm. Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Deaver and, a, like, a really great cast of young American actors. Mm-hmm. And it kind of got a good awards play this past awards season. But it wasn't, like, this prestige, high-collar movie, so it didn't get enough in my book. Like, it should have gotten more acclaim and attention. But it's just a really fun comedy um, with these two girls who... Basically, they are, they graduate from high school. The movie takes place like the last day of high school and like the last night before graduation. And they have worked all their life in high school, even before, super hard to get to the best schools. Mm -hmm. They never partied, never had any fun, never did anything 
Slaughter Pool. And they got into the schools that they dreamed of. And then on the very last day of high school, they find out that all of their peers who partied, who drank, who had sex, everything, all of them got into grade school too. And so now it's like their time to go, like, okay, we have one night left in high school. Yeah. Everybody got into the same schools. We never had any fun. It's our last night to party and have fun. And so it's great. It takes, I can't even like go more into it because I don't want to give too much of it away, but just a really fun like buddy movie where these two girls just go to extreme lengths to have fun and go to all these parties in one night and I don't know Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte are in the movie um Jason Sudeikis is in the movie it's so funny Billy Lord is great it's just it's a fun time it's a really good movie to watch if you're doing like any of those um apps right now you can kind of watch the movie at the same time as your friends mm-hmm. and like talk about it as you're watching it there's a lot of things you can do right now through zoom like that screen share that would be a really good thing to do right now with a group of friends yeah. i wouldn't say necessarily with your parents because it gets a little times, <laughs> or like any younger kids but do it with like your friends it's definitely rated r but um it's a fun really fun movie i think that's five is that five i think that's five yes i believe so <laughs> okay good I have so many more recommendations, but I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think those are great. And I think, like, you know, of course, people listening in will tune into those. Because I think those aren't those aren't relatively, like, super new. You know what I mean? Except maybe, like, a couple of them. And so I think, like, that's something that, like, people always surpass, like, stuff that's out. And so I would love to see people to jump in on that and, like utilize those suggestions for their benefit because i think like yeah, they're pretty they're pretty accessible yeah. so yeah i mean i am just filled with movie tv recommendations so, oh yeah yeah, yeah. i feel <laughs> you there. For sure. I, I am surprised they only stopped at five <laughs> are there any other questions for you I, are there any like classic movies or tv shows that you've always thought about watching have not yet had the chance to but are still hoping to, like things that have been like on your mind for years that you would like just know everyone loves this movie like a godfather or like the Wire, The Sopranos, like something you know you need to watch, but you haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I know that there's, like, I really do try my best to, like, watch movies that um, pique my interest, but I also, you know, I have really bad ADD. So sitting down and, like, Mm-hmm. going through it sometimes I'm just like I can't do this today and then I'll watch a show because it's told me 20 minutes long um so I would say like in terms of movies um clearly like I really want to see Sophie's Choice um I haven't yet done that it's not like you know what's funny about that movie I won't say anything about it other than I too feel like it has this like big reputation of being like one of the greatest movies of all time mm-hmm. it's great but it's in my opinion like nothing compares really that incredible i mean it's a good movie great performances kevin klein meryl streep but like it's good like that's all i can tell you there are many movies that are better i mean yes i think you should watch it and you will yes but there are many better (laughs) movies oh (laughs) yeah and i mean like i'm just like looking at my like uh cue right now um of like things that I like I was trying to watch. So one thing that I, I think that I would recommend for anyone is the assassination of Gianni Versace. Mm-hmm. Um that Ryan one Ryan Murphy. Yeah, like that was just such a good like I guess you call them like mini series, right? Or because like yeah, each it's se- like a, it's a, it's an anthology. Yeah, each series are like anthologies. Yeah. yeah. So I mean I wish he would make another one. He made a really good one about um OJ? Betty Davis. 
It's called oh, yeah, feud. feud. Oh, but man. he stopped. He never made another one. And I was like, okay. Like well, that. He just has a. He just released a new Netflix show, Hollywood. Yes, all about I just. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I can't wait to see that. Um, but I'm just. Uh, I'm thinking. There's just so many things. The politician is really good as a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else was something on my queue. Like I've really wanted to watch the King's Speech. I haven't done that yet. I will never forgive the King's Speech because that movie beat the Social Network for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And the King's Speech is good. I am a royalist. I love the crowd. I love anything that has to do with the royals. But nothing in that year was better than the Social Network. And I still will not let it go. It's been 10 years and I will not let it go. That being said, I recommend you to watch the King's Speech. But just remember that it does not deserve Best Picture. Yeah. And I mean, there's <laughs> just like, the, oh God, there's just so many good things like the show What If, I still want to see. Um, it's very soapy. It's very, like, daytime, scandalous television. But it's good. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very compelling. It's oh, very yeah. you. You'd like it. Oh, yeah. And, like, I mean, the this one is more of, like, a documentary. Like, I haven't had the chance to actually fully watch this, and I feel ashamed of myself because of the work that I do. But the 13th. Oh. That's, oh yeah, I yeah. That's something that's been recommended to me too. Being a social work student, yeah, absolutely. And I just like, it's hard to watch that because then you have like the other show that um, that came out by the Central Park Five, and that yes. was really hard. Now for they me. see us, which actually is great. It's a it's, very quick watch. I think it's. I don't think it's even ten episodes. I saw it, that yeah. in like a day and a half. It's great. It's tough to watch for me personally because I'm just like. I, I've watched a little bit of it, and like you know, my partner has. Um, I want to watch The Invisible Man. I haven't seen that That's one. That's a good one that came out the same day as Emma. It's a recent release. I saw yes. that with my dad, and it's you know, me and horror movies. It's good. Um, it's very good. Another really amazing show um, is called Turn Washington Spies. Is that the one with Jamie Bell? I think he's like the lead star. In I that think show. so. Yeah, that was so a- like all in their like Regency gear. And yeah. like, it, and it's it's loosely based around a true, you know, historical thing. But like, I was like, this is phenomenal. Um, and I was so upset when they ended that. Um, and then I would say, like, I guess <sighs> looking at this, like, I have like so many movies on here that I I have like looked at, and I'm like, oh, this would be cool. And then I, I come back to it, and I'm like. What was I thinking? American Crime is a great show. Um, they only have three seasons. I think I remember watching through all of that. So That's the one with Regina King is in that one. I believe, yeah. Well, they're, yeah. yeah. So they they just have so many good like shows. Like Defiance is amazing. That's an older one. Um, of course, they had the Lady Gaga documentary, which I haven't seen. Oh, here we go. This one. This one I really want to watch. Agatha and the Truth of the Murder. Oh, I have not even heard of that. Is it like an Agatha Christie thing? It is. So I, okay. um, on Netflix, and I haven't watched, not Netflix, Amazon. I haven't watched, um, what is it called? Shoot. It's, it used to be called like uh, Ten Little Indians. Oh, and then there were none? Yes, thank you. So I've seen that. I love that. I, wanted, I love that. I wanted my kids to read that book t- this year, but instead we decided to choose Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Yeah. Um, because it just 
I mean, the text is a little bit better. Um, so yes, that, like that show I want to rewatch. I remember reading it as a kid, the book, and then watching like the black and white film as a kid. Not that I'm that old, but that's just what was available. I have Death on the Nile right now. Like oh. I just love hardcore Agatha yes. Christie. Agatha Christie's amazing. I mean, they had that new, um. Murder on the Orient Express. Yes. Yes. The new movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really good. Um. She's just a, a, a phenomenal writer, and it it pisses me off that, like, she's not as renowned as she could be. I know. Fully timeless. Like, we would not have any sort of detective investigation, any of the shows that we all love. We would not have that if it wasn't for her. Fully. Yeah. And, like, she was so, like, villainized, in a sense, during her time period because she was a woman writing these stories. Mm -hmm. And people were just, like, not taking her as seriously. And I'm just like, well, look at her now. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So I would say those are some great ones. Um, Do you have any documentary? I mean, I actually wanted to ask you about documentaries, but, like, Tiger King? Have you seen it? Have you watched it? I've only watched the first two episodes. I couldn't stomach anymore. So I did watch Tiger King. I actually thought it was fucking ridiculous. But... It was it was good TV, um, yes. and I still very much believe that Carol Baskin killed her husband. Um, so that was one documentary I watched. Clearly, a Secret Love is one that I watched, um, and that one is just f- so like cute, sad. Like it's about the these two lesbian couples who um, ended up like getting. They didn't even get married, I think, until way later. But they were together for, like, over 60 years. And so, like, you can only imagine that being in, like, the 1920s, 1930s, like, it's gonna, it's gonna be different. And so they weren't able to be together, so they were just seen as roommates for such a long time. Like, it's, it's very powerful because then they have to figure out, like, one of the characters has Parkinson's, and so they need to, like, move into a better facility. It just... It was really sad, and, and it's it's just a very powerful documentary. Like it made me feel things. Um, the pharmacist was really I, good. I started watching that. My sister started watching it, and I was watching it with her. Luckily, it's only like four episodes, but I was like, "This is probably like very good." The uh, pandemic is up right now. That's like a yes. really good documentary if you want to like venture into into that noise you want to make yourself more crazy yeah <laughs> you don't have enough cabin fever right now exactly. we recommend pandemic on yeah. Netflix. irishman which is not a documentary but okay you still haven't seen that i, I watched it long, i watched it plenty of time i've okay, watched fine. it yeah, yeah i actually really liked it um i didn't think I, I i'm not a big fan of like movies that are like th- over three hours long yeah, um yeah but it it was it was very quick it felt very Lord quick. Lord Scorsese, to... man. He's the master. Yeah. And, like, they, he had just the most fucking amazing cast. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I've definitely watched One of Us, um, mm-hmm. which I was like, you know, we, we had this discussion already, but just, like, it's very interesting to see, like, the dynamics, um, particularly when it comes to, like, extremist religion on yeah. that end. Did um, you watch Unorthodox? I didn't watch Unorthodox. I, okay. I watched, like, the first episode. I just haven't had the chance to like really jump. Back I will say in. I, it gets better by the end. I wasn't fully into it the, in the beginning either. It had to really like reel me in. It took its time, mm-hmm. but it's also a pretty quick watch. And by the end of it, I'm like fully soaked in it. Yes. 
Like, yeah. it's very, very good. Um, and then I would say, uh, I think that concludes what I have in terms of documentaries, but I could be So you lying. need to tell me you have not been watching The Last Dance on ESPN? I haven't, no. What Do you know what it is? No, what is it? Can I rant about it? Yeah, go right ahead. Okay, The Last Dance. You know me, I am the biggest sports fan. I am not at all. I fully do not watch any sports ever, never have, never will. But so the last dance is a 10 part documentary series on ESPN. And Mm -hmm. I think they will be releasing it on Netflix once they finish airing it on actual broadcast. Mm -hmm. It's a Michael Jordan documentary and it's from like the dream team era, the Olympics, Scottie Pippen, um, uh, and all the other, I'm forgetting, um, the other like prominent Chicago Bull in the 90s, Dennis Rodman, that's yes, yes. And it's basically about their dynamic, but it's mostly centered in Michael Jordan. And I didn't think anything of this documentary. I kind of heard about it, didn't want to watch it. I was on Twitter one night when it was airing for the first night. They, mm-hmm. They're airing on Sunday nights. And I started getting the stream of tweets about Michael Jordan in the 90s and all of this stuff. And I felt like my entire childhood was flooding back to me mm-hmm. because as you know, I moved to Chicago from the Soviet Union in 1998. And I moved here right after, I believe right after he departed from the Bulls mm-hmm. before he made his switch to the other team. And he was the most prominent fixture in like anything that was American media. Right. But he was also a Chicagoan. Yes. This is the Chicago Bulls. And I was moving to Chicago. So for probably my entire like childhood, I moved here when I was five to like 10, 11, 12. He was the most important celebrity that I ever like encountered or like thought of in the media. Constantly, like, there were movies on Disney Channel, like like Mike, that were being made. He was on cereal boxes. Space he was Jam. In, like, stores. Yeah. He was in movie trailers. He was in Space Jam. Like everything. And so I started watching the documentary because I got like flooded with all of these like feelings from my childhood, and I am fully a basketball fan now. I'm like, I mean, I've always actually liked the sport in terms of watching it. And I do watch the Olympics every like two years, two or four years. Mm-hmm. But I never like truly like paid attention to how much I like athletes. And I think Michael Jordan was like sort of the first fixture in my childhood about that. Yeah. And so watching the documentary was amazing because it, it felt like rem- remembering what it was like to first move here and like get a taste of what it is to watch anything that was like purely American and seeing all this Chicago pride. Yeah. And now, like when you're watching the documentary, it has like interviews from like Obama and Bill Clinton and Kobe Bryant and like all the contemporary people were reflecting back in that time, like mm-hmm. the best time in the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. It's an experience. It's like very emotional. I would have never thought that sports would make me feel that way. but. It's, I highly recommend it. And again, even if you're not a sports fan like me, somehow something will grasp you. If you're like in your mid-20s like I am, mm-hmm. this will grasp you because it speaks to our childhoods collectively. Yes. And it's pretty special. It is, yeah. And I would That's say my, my brother is very into it. Like he loves Michael Jordan. I mean, of course, you know, when he moved here, like it was a big deal. Um, so I, I think that is is super nostalgic. Um, yes. And I think, like, the the last documentary that I just saw that was on my queue that I haven't even been able to, like, finish um, was The the Trials of Gabriel Fernandez. Um, I've heard of that's a really great one. Yeah, I just, I can't do that one yet. Only because, you know, 
like I'm a teacher and so like I, I have seen stuff like this in, in a multiple like multiple cases so it's just it's one of those things yeah. that are tough but you know the one thing that I will end on as the last thing that I think people should watch and I would always recommend this is and this is old it should be free on prime for Amazon it's called the story of mankind um, and it's these like over dramatizations of like historical events in like I think like 12 episodes or whatever and so it's like like each one has like a theme like inventions um, or like government democracy so they, they have like it's from the history channel clearly and I use it as a teaching resource but it is one of those, I love those history channel reenactments oh my god they're so good I, I love like like doc like drama docuseries stuff like um, yeah. the one about John Adams is really good on HBO that's um, so, yeah, that's, I think that's a, is that the Paul Giamatti one? Yes. It's very, yeah. He did a, fen- a phenomenal job. Um, he won, like, a million awards for that, I remember. Yeah, so it was just very, very well done. Um, but with that being said, I know that we're limited on time. Um, so with that, I want to thank you, Sabina. I definitely think we should have another one of these uh, podcast sessions. I've where... got the time. I'm unemployed and I have the time. <laughs> um, so if you Wednesday would... Wednesday through Saturday, I'm ready. <laughs> if you would like people to find you um, on social media, you can definitely drop your um, Instagram name or, or what have you. Um... Man, you know... You don't have to share it. You don't have to... I won't. I will say if anyone wants to get in touch with me... Privacy is important to me. If anyone wants to get in touch with me, get in touch with Adam first, and he will let me know. You guys have Adam's info, obviously. So get in touch with him, and then I'll pass it on through my um, intermediary. (laughs) Yes, I'll I'll have my people call her people. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I do have many people on my team. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at Adamo in Wonderland, and we have officially set up a Instagram account uh, called Perpetually Dissatisfied Podcast. Ooh, getting on that right now. I'm doing it. <laughs> so, if you uh, want to have both mediums, you guys can. Um, and I want to thank you, Sabina, for you know taking time out of your day because I know that you're finishing up a school and you know, dealing with your parents or the outside <laughs> world or the... That is a whole other podcast, yeah. dealing with the parents. Yeah. Yes, we'll yeah. do that episode too. Definitely. Thank you for having me. I had such a great time. No problem. Thank you.